you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Vic Drover. He's from a company called Watchful. That's over at watchful.net, which is a software tool DIY to help you manage, backup, update, and secure your sites in record time on your schedule. It's great for agency owners or anybody managing multiple sites. Vic, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Can't wait to chat with you and uh, tell everyone about our stuff and talk about website maintenance. Awesome. Well, you know, one of the challenges with, you know, having a learning platform or, you know, doing a, um, you know, multiple projects simultaneously as an agency is just keeping everything updated. Tell us about the problem that you wanted to solve with watchful.net. Like what is the main issue that this completely solves? Yeah, I, I originally it was a little bit selfish. Um, yeah. I, I was uh, selling widgets at the time and um, we had lots of customers using those and we're pushing out the updates and, and our, our customers were telling us, hey, we've got, you know, it's great that you're putting, putting out the updates, but we're spending more and more time updating, less time getting new clients and building, you know, new services and tools for our customers. And uh, so I partnered up with a colleague of mine and um, they had been building, working on this uh, remote management tool and they just had it in-house and they would kind of, they hosted it kind of from their office and used it to manage their, I think they had 150 websites on there and it allowed them to remotely, you know, keep an eye on backups, schedule backups and do plugin updates and software updates. So uh, we took that and saw a big kind of um, need for it. And um, yeah, we went out in 2012 at that time, there wasn't really a lot of competition in the space. That's changed, obviously, in the last 10 years, uh, for sure. But uh, it was really just selfishly first to say we need to do this. And then our, our widget business, you know, we saw that there was a, a need there for the clients. And uh, the other, I guess, side of that, uh, it was a selfish purpose, I guess. But the world was going to services at that time versus products. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that process also. And so uh, at the timing was also very good, you know, 2011, 2012. And we kind of rode that little kind of wave and it transitioned our, you know, we actually don't sell widgets anymore. We're hundred uh, percent digital services as kind of as a result and uh, recurring revenue, of course, which most agencies also desire for the uh, cash flow and security and things like that. So that's, that's kind of the short version of kind of how we came into existence. So as a, you know, if a freelancer or WordPress professional is growing, and I've been on this journey myself from zero to uh, 17 person team size in my case, but at what point, how many number of websites does it really start hurting or what range where it's like, oh, I need to be more efficient here. I need something to be more systematic or a, more of a remote management tool to manage all these websites for my clients. That's a really good question. It's probably going to be, you know, person to person, but I, I will say this, when uh, an agency realizes that they want to scale and need to scale and need tools to help them, that's when this tool kind of becomes important for them. That could be someone running one website. Um, not usually because the benefits are really when you have at least two, you know, you're not doing the same thing over and over on exactly the same sites, logging into every site, making sure every backup is current. So at least two, I'd say you, you get some benefit. 
once you get past five to 10 and you decide that you want to be a serious agency owner or at least drive growth, that's when I think you make uh, the decision. And there are a lot of things you might be doing at that time to do bulk tasks, automate tasks, um, lots of stuff in the WordPress news recently about uh, Zapier workflows and, and kind of keeping your agency running smoothly and efficiently with uh, automation. I mean, that's only going to, I mean, that's in every sector these days, but I feel like our, our clientele and, and WordPress professionals, they're just kind of getting started. And um, anyone who's trying to get there, get more, more done in, in, in less time, which saves them money and allows them to grow their business when they're ready for that. I think that's, um, that's a good time. Anyone over, I'd say once you get to five sites, it's probably too tedious. If you ask me my personal experience, um, of course I get to use my tool for free. <laughs> so <laughs> I would use it for two sites, but I think, you know, we offer a free tier for five sites, for example, and we kind of picked five because if you have four or five sites, you can manage them on your own, especially with the auto updates that WordPress kind of just put in. Um, if you, if you're happy with those, or you like to use I mean, auto updates, in my opinion, are probably not as common as people think we have data on that. Most people don't really have data except maybe automatic, of course. Uh, about whether or not people like auto updates, but in, in theory, automatic updates should save you a lot of time. Um, but if they take your site down unexpectedly, especially after hours, or when your clients are really <laughs> noticing when they're having high traffic, for instance, on their websites, those are things you don't want. So even if there are some free automation tools, I think when you use something like Watchful, and there are lots of other services that do similar things, having a system that's really trying to... Um, keep the integrity of say the update process or the backup process. A lot of what we do is making sure those processes are have, have good integrity or happen at a time when it's convenient. I don't know if you, I mean, did you use cPanel, I guess, when you used to be billing your agencies, yeah. right? Yeah. Use that. I mean, most developers have used that, you know, even though it's having its own transition these days, but. Um, what's new this these days, quick side note. I mean, there was, oh, plus, there was cPanel, what's, what's there now? I think, so cPanel, I think their their big change is they got bought out, I believe, if I'm not mistaken about the finances, but they've been pushing to change the licensing. And okay. that's forcing, so cPanel itself is not that different. It's better than it was for sure. Um, but at least in my experience, their pricing has changed, which puts the, um, it motivates hosting companies who could have had, you know, a thousand sites on one license on a server, for example, for cPanel. Now that's not cost-effective anymore. So oh hosts are building their own alternatives. So oh, that's so the change. That industry is changing, I think, because of the the cost pressure that cPanel has been putting on the hosting companies. Gotcha. Yeah. Well sorry for the <laughs> sorry for the tangent, but you were you were asking if I had uh managed my cPanel before and, and then what were you gonna say? Um I I got off my rhythm a little <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um well we can kind of pivot to my next question which is just around a freelancer or somebody building websites, uh, getting into kind of getting past this idea that you have to be in feast and famine, you build a site, you pass off the client onto the next one. If somebody wants to build a recurring maintenance plan or care plan, what advice do you have? Yeah, I think one of the um, really important steps is to look at your customer base. And uh, we just actually published a really nice uh, success story from one of our watchful clients. Uh, they have a you know small agency, about 25 websites they manage. And um, they discussed, you know, we, we brought out you know their journey of going from a couple sites to say 25, definitely getting value, doing things in bulk, you know, in automation. Um, but 
the important part for them was educating their customers on everything that they were doing behind the scenes. Um, like I said, we, we focus a lot on integrity. Are your backups, um, are your backups fresh when you do an update? You know, are, are you easily able to roll back, for example? Most places aren't checking for that. Uh, the comment, I, I think my cPanel discussion was going to talk more about kind of this integrity of the process. Uh, are things happening when you want them to? The, the automatic updates and WordPress are, are not scheduled, you know, with our system. You know, the, we like the, the secret sauce we have is that you can say never update on a Friday at 3 p.m. You know, for example, never update if our backups are stale, if you're using automatic updates, for example. So that kind of, um, that, that checking in the background is important. And I think uh, the success story I published, it's a, a company in California called Anchored Web. They were really struggling to put all of that kind of things that they were doing, all the knowledge they learned, doing safe, reliable updates and maintenance and backups, all those things, educating their customers. So they actually, they knew their customers well, and what they started doing was educating their customers everything they were doing, taking all the maintenance and packaging up in a way that their customers could understand and appreciate, uh, and then balancing that off against, well, if you don't do this, you get a big bill in two years because you have to redo everything, or maybe you get a hack that you have to recover from, et cetera. So uh, I would say before you set your plan, figure out what either you want your customers to understand or what they they can reasonably expect from a, a good service and what that actually means. And you know, what I would say is that means a reliable website that's pretty much always up, never defaced, always secure, always backed up and ready to go. So that's a long kind of background, uh, but your question was what goes into your plan? I mean, it's gotta be backups, it's gotta be security scans, it's gotta be updates, uptime monitoring, um, hopefully some traffic reporting, things that you can kind of give to the customer and say, these are all the things we've done to make sure your site is running smoothly and safely. And then hopefully, um, the I guess the last advantage is if you're constantly keeping your customer up to date with a you know, good summary of the things you've done, when the customer wants to update, you're top of mind with them because you've got a touch point every month or every quarter. They know that you're on your game, that you're your processes are tight, you're reliable, all those things kind of build up. And for, you know, basically from the care plan, you turn that into new business, not just recurring monthly care plans, but new project business too. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is great. And what do you see uh, if you were advising somebody, should they, um, like there's a couple of paths here. One, one option would be like the client has their own hosting account at X company or, or do you see more of your people kind of offering the hosting and maybe wherever they're managing it and then they put this service on top of it and the client just has a website and pays for, you know, this website and the ongoing monthly fee, which includes maintenance and stuff and then new sure. project work. Like what's the most common setup here for uh, what you see? I think the most common setup uh, that we see at Watchful, and, and this has something interesting that I don't fully understand about the psychology of agency owners, is that um, they want to keep all the magic. They want to keep the whole experience like magical and uh, some mystery. And, yeah. I, and I do understand that. They don't want, for instance, if I'm a website owner and I've hired you to do this maintenance for me, but I know all your secrets, I can take those secrets, give them to someone else and say, can you quote me for the same work? Yeah. I think, I think agency owners are always terrified that something like that will happen. Um, I think when I was doing agency work, you know, 15 years ago, uh, that I wasn't, I think I felt like that, that way, but the more 
Um, the more information I gave, I, I feel like my customers earned that trust and it was hard for them to go to somebody else because they said, oh, it's reliable. Here's the reporting. Um, you know, it's not too expensive, for example, and I'm getting what I pay for this good value. In the end of the day, if you're keeping your customer because of some obscure obscurity of what you're doing, yeah. you know, maybe that means they don't really trust you properly. Maybe that's not the best customer for you. So, um, but I think the most common that we see is that people, they use our service, they use a hosting service, and they keep all that private from their clients. But I think most of our customers are using, um, I mean, our price point is really super competitive. So I think our, you know, we're a little lower, our, our users tend to be a little lower on the um, revenue side in terms of how much they might have an annual revenue, for example, or how much they might charge per hour. But that said, I think they mostly have individual hosting accounts that they manage for their clients. If you've got a customer who is managing their own hosting, they can probably use our tool themselves. You yeah. know, so I think that's less common for us. The only other side of that is that we have some really big customers and this is where it maybe dovetails with Lifter a little bit. We have lots of educational customers who have a, you know, a, a site for every department and then for every working group on campus and maybe every class has a website. We're talking hundreds, sometimes thousands of sites. And for those folks, um, you know, it's a whole different thing. Their entire corporate infrastructure is locked down. They've got all the servers, you know, they've got a full-time IT staff usually to manage maybe a team of five to 10 to manage, say, 600 websites. Um, that's a kind of a whole nother step. That's the kind of opposite side. And they're using us ma mainly because they don't want to update oh, 600 sites. I mean, it's they're getting a massive, massive gains because one click they can say, either let's update everything on every site. I think very few people do that, but they can say, oh, this piece of software, Yoast is super reliable. I'm going to update that on all my sites. One click, they walk away and they come back in five minutes and they're all updated. Um, so they'll pick and choose with their favorite softwares or their most reliable softwares, push those out. So that's kind of the other end of the spectrum though. Most of our customers are more the DIY stuff, individual hosting accounts for each customer um, and customers are hopefully paying them to be their IT kind of consultant and mostly focusing on their own businesses and not so much on their websites. I love that. At least idea. The, technology, the technology side of their websites. Yeah, I love that. The, um, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of this as a freelancer agency owner of really pushing too much on the client to take on technical responsibility or, hey, now you need to get this account with this company. And what they really wanted, especially the ones that were well-financed, was, like you said, an outsourced IT department so they didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> but uh, 100%, 100%. I think it's very common for people, technical people to sometimes one, leave money on the table by not figuring out that like dream recurring, like there's the big projects, but then there's the dream recurring stuff. That's not only a win for you as an agency, but also for the client and what a busy client and what they actually want. <laughs> so, well, you know, I mean, project work can be also be recurring. And I know in the WordPress business, I don't hear passive income talking too much. That's more like a Tony Robbins kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of shady kind of consultant speak or whatever. But I think we often talk about, you know, where it's a, a monthly retainer that's for the same thing every month. And we all want something like that because it goes to our strengths and maybe we've productized our service and we can offer it, you know, easily and repetitively. Uh, but you can also have a site and uh, we have, uh, you and I discussed before the show about some pocket clients. We have this pocket client and we built them a really great website. And now they come at us with these projects a few times a year and they're building on their original payout um, and their site is just becoming so powerful, has great features, really helping them, you know, grow their business. 
And, you know, but it's a recurring project work, which for developers, you know, gets a lot more interest than, oh crap, I've got to update, you know, Yoast 600 times. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think that agency owners um, shouldn't necessarily think it's just my maintenance plan that's recurring. You can definitely get some recurring project work, and but having a good maintenance plan, and I made this point earlier, make those good touch points either monthly or quarterly yeah. or annually so that when a project comes up, if it's going out to bid, you are on that top of that list so you can you can submit it. And that gives you an advantage when the decision makers are, are deciding on who to give it to. Oh, maybe this is a little more expensive, but you know they do great work, great experience with them. We talk to them every week, every month, et cetera. That's awesome. Um, there's kind of a, a buzzword in the uh, WordPress community, or not a buzzword, but like a, a term uh, called WAS, Websites as a Service, yeah. where the way I see people doing it is, you know, they find a, a niche where, like as an example, we, we have a customer, her name's Sally. She helps um, natural alternative health practitioners basically have their website, which happens to include like a teaching component on it, which is why she uses Lifter LMS in, in that case. Um, so these people could have like a marketing site for their business, their services, and then also teach courses. And it's like this full website as a service for this niche. If somebody's going to create a, like a, some kind of niche learning component website as a service, what do you recommend they do? Like from uh, <clears throat> like how they set up their hosting and then, and then also use a tool like Watchful to keep everything up to date so that these clients, especially if they're in a non-technical niche, they're just signing up for a website, it's done for you. And, and this, this uh, WAS entrepreneur, or <laughs> there's too many acronyms here, but <laughs> I know, uh, I know. <laughs> a WAS LMS entrepreneur, uh, what's, what could somebody do if that sounds interesting to them and they think they can do it, but they're not quite sure how to put all the pieces together? Yeah, I think there's an important um, uh, connection to what we spoke about earlier in that that person is ready to scale, yeah. right? You don't go through the trouble of setting up your uh, niche kind of offering, right? Uh, unless you're going to scale and right. you want it to scale and you know that niche inside and out and you've put everything that they might need in there and they're ready to go. So first, A, we know they want to scale. That means we know bulk, uh, bulk or automated tasks are going to save them time, and they also know that. So that's where a, a remote management tool like ours is going to save them a ton of time right up front. So already they know they can. it's going to help save them time because they could scale 100 of those in the next year, uh, and they, they know they're probably not going to be as overwhelmed as they would be to do it individually. So there we go. We, we know we've got a use case for that part. Um, as far as the hosting is concerned, again, it depends, I, I think, a little on, on your budget. If you're going down the WP Engine managed hosting route, I mean, they're going to have everything you need for that. You know, if you need to keep spinning up sites, that's really not an issue. Yeah. Um, if you're individual, I mean, I really prefer the... I mean, they're, they're managed servers, but you have the whole server yourself. I've gone that route, which I've been very happy with. But I think you can also do it if you're just spinning up an individual hosting account for each of these clients. It doesn't scale as well because you've got to individually have that provisioned, um, whereas managed hosts will take care of some of those that, that, that lifting for you. Uh, but what I here's one tip I would give, and uh, we used to do this when we did client work, 
we use Watchful to maintain our niche, you know, website as a service offering. Because by the way, say you do 10 of these a year, the, the last you set up in January is out of date come February, let alone the following January. If you're continuing offering that and you're spinning up a copy of that site and then customizing it for that client, you know, the logo, colors, et cetera, um, those things are out of date and then need to be updated when you kind of go live. So we were using Watchful. We had four niches that we were targeting and we would just keep those updated on a regular basis. So when we rolled them up for a new client, they were ready to go. Latest WordPress, latest plugins, themes updated, everything was ready to go. So that was a, a good use. We thought uh, it was our own tool. So it was easy for us, but we do definitely um, suggest people do that. And people put their staging sites in a similar way in there. So their staging sites can be updated before they're pushing to live. Um, the only thing I would say, you know, with our audience, because it's a lot of DIYers with say five to 25 sites, I don't think a lot of our users are really using the, um, staging development and production environment workflows. Uh, and so I'm not sure that we get a lot of people. I know we don't get a lot of people putting staging sites in there. Um, but we do allow, for instance, if you want to, you know, put your use, um, HTTP basic authentication on your site. We fully support that. So you could, for instance, manage or develop or update a, a site that you've made private just using basic auth um, so that you can keep it kind of quiet until it's ready to go or maybe ready to push those updates, et cetera. Does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. That's super, <laughs> super helpful. Um, going further with that kind of use case of somebody building out this kind of last templated yeah. offering in a niche. Uh, you, you offer white labeled reports. What's in there? And like how, I think sometimes a, a internet or tech professional kind of overlooks the value of like a report, but like a client, you know, who has a report, number one, they learn how to like kind of value the service you're offering. And, but what else, what else in the report and any advice around what an agency or entrepreneur could do with that report for their clients? Yeah, the report for us is the main touch point um, to keep the, keep you top of mind if you want recurring project work. Uh, but it, it does justify the value, you know, of your maintenance of your care plan, whatever, however you're selling it to your customers. Maintenance. Plan, what kind of like details are in it? Yeah, that's right. And so um, we've got uh, Google Analytics. So we support Google Analytics, so you can have your monthly traffic or quarterly traffic, um, your top keywords. Although that has less and less value coming from Google these days, as you know most of them are not reported, right? So that's only so much, but you know your top pages, um, which ones are getting the most traffic. And so we kind of have a kind of a basic Google Analytics. We haven't gone further to say, let's allow you to put a custom Google Analytics report in there. Uh, just because we then start saying, are we are we a website maintenance service or are we now a more slight, slightly marketing? You know, <laughs> yeah, it's easy to expand in areas that probably most people are gonna use. If they need that much marketing reporting, they probably have a service for that separate. And just uh, for it. yeah, and just a note of color on that the um, the Google Analytics interface. I mean, I'm a professional online business owner, and I still get a little lost inside <laughs> there. So, like a regular, like non technical client, you know, the even just having the basics, so they're the, the traffic, the um, you know, just like those fundamental analytics traffic details. keywords, popular pages. Like you don't need to know anything about the internet to understand those two things. <laughs> yeah. And that's about kind of, I think, you know, some of our integrators don't want more than information than that, let alone the site owners, you know, who are yeah. moved again. Um, 
again, there's some target information there. If you have people who are really focused on growth, wouldn't be enough for them. Yeah. But that's the, that's the analytics side. We have an uptime summary there. So what was your uh, seven day, 30 day and all time uh, uptime stats, and then any downtime events that occurred that month. Uh, and then the other things are all related to what kind of maintenance you did. Was a yeah. plugin added or deleted? Updated, uh, update pending. Did a backup fail? Were your backup successful? And we have that, all that listed out. And so, and you can pick and choose what you want in there. You can be, you know, when I was using this for clients, I really didn't tell them when a backup failed. <laughs> right. I got a notification when a backup failed and I made sure the backup got sorted out. But I yeah. sent them a list of all the successful backups. Why would I tell them things that fail, right? <laughs> so you can get as uh, specific uh, as you want in there. The other thing we have, and this is a cool, neat feature, you can add custom entries to the logs. So basically, you can pick anything from the logs and include it in the report. So if you have a custom note that, oh, here, I did this maintenance on the back end, or you know, uh, Chris sent me a patch for XYZ and we applied it, I can put those as entries in the logs and send... And maybe that's the only thing I include in my report. So the custom work I did, and that can go out monthly with your regular reporting. So we like that feature a lot, especially if you're integrating it with the API, maybe pulling either pulling information into Watchful or using Watchful's API to say, take your maintenance activity and attach it to your invoice. So we just had a client um, who uses Zoho invoicing and they take their maintenance stuff, pull it in. Uh, Zoho has a, a scripting language. I didn't know this. Um, and they pull in the site maintenance information from Watchful into Zoho and every month send it out with their invoice. So their client, you know, when they're paying, all the details right there, everything they want them to see. So that's a, a really cool use case. I love that. That's some, that's some solid <laughs> tips there. What if, what if, what happens when things don't go well? Like what if um, an update happens and something, ha like how do you know if something goes wrong or what, what goes on? there like if you update like woocommerce or something and there's a problem does, yeah we don't have any detailed testing functional testing on that um and i think actually that's probably one of the biggest opportunities and like there's so many competitors in wordpress maintenance right now yeah uh but one of the big opportunities go daddy pro and all those things yeah one of the biggest opportunities is functional testing and i think that's in its infancy so as that develops uh, we're going to keep, keep working on that but yeah i mean you can there are services where you can have it, you know, continually testing your WooCommerce uh, purchase process, for example. But it's not just that. Does your contact form still work? There are visual regression tools that, you know, just look at, does the site look the same? That's okay, but it's not a functional test. I actually don't need every pixel to be identical after an update, but I really need to make sure my contact form works. Right. So I'd say that's an area where we still need to do some work, and most of our competitors also Colleagues, we'll call. Let's call them colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> Most of our colleagues need to do similar. It's a it's a big problem. Um, and how do you do that without letting the like? Say you want to test the contact form. Where do the contact forms go when they're completed? They go to the customer who owns the site, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> how do you test that so that you know it's working, but you're not annoying the customer? I mean, he may just be just fine that you're doing it, but you should be a way that you can test it without necessarily notifying the customer, right? And there are ways to do it manually, but I think we definitely need some better tools for that. So um, I did want to say one other thing, you mentioned white label before. That's also super important because I remember I mentioned that, and I'm sorry if I'm going off script. No, you're fine, <laughs> go. Uh, agencies, they want to keep their secrets off secret, right? Yeah. Uh, so if they get a report from Watchful about their website that agency B made, they're wondering why is this coming to me? You know, 
So the, the white label part's important because they want to make sure it comes from them as the agency owner to their customer. And they, I want to be kept out of the loop. I want my clients to succeed. I don't need to be their, their customers. You're not trying to, to know advertise through them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not my, that's not who I'm advertising to. I'm advertising to agency owners and other agency owners are never getting these reports. They're not sharing them with each other. Uh, so not only do we, of course, let them put their own logos, but they can send the reports from their own email accounts. So they can just put in their SMTP server details and then the reports are going from their address with a custom message report attached. So it's coming, literally coming from the agency owner's server directly to the customer and, and we're kept out of the loop entirely. And that's, I think, uh, that's, the, that's the best way to do white, white label, of course. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> you, you have a feature around intrusion detection. I mean, one yeah. of the things people are worried about is like security and people hear all these stories, especially the incline about the sites getting hacked and everything. So tell us more about intrusion detection and how an agency could leverage that feature. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, we struggled a long time for, you know, do we want to become like a security company that you know, is doing security research and, 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 you know, think WP firewall and all those, you know, things like that. Um, security. I mean, there are many companies, I mean, just Jetpack itself, you know, is doing this kind of work. Um, that's probably not, I think our, our primary focus, but users still want some measure of confidence that, um, that their site is reasonably secure. I mean, you can never promise anyone full security, right? If it's public on the internet, there's a chance it can get, um, attacked, especially from a motivated, someone who's motivated, you know, it's a personal connection for some reason. So our goal is really to uh, educate people on kind of best practices, uh, scan for the most common things, and then do a deep scan um, when people want to do it. We're in the process of automating our deep scan. We haven't done that yet. Uh, so let me break down the th basically three areas. The first uh, part of this scan is a kind of a best practice scan, and it tells people especially for new people coming into the website, say development world or website integration uh, world, what are the best, you know, what are the kind of security basics? Obviously strong database password, you know, strong passwords in general, um, all the kind of basics that we were, you know, having the right permissions on your uh, folders, you know, on your server. We think they're of them as basics because we've been in the industry for 20 years, you and I, but I think a lot of people just getting in, maybe you're not aware of that. So our first step is, hey, here are the, uh, these are what we consider the most common best practices. And if you've not fixed them, please fix them and then rescan and make sure they're fixed. So that's one. Two is uh, we do, um, for our free accounts, it's once a day on our paid accounts, it's like every three hours. We look at your um, uh, configuration file, your uh, function.php file, uh, the index, PHP file in your theme and a few other key files that are targets for defacing and hacking in general. The most popular targets, the low-hanging fruit. And we make sure those are changed or not changed. We do a checksum uh, analysis to make sure they're unchanged. And if they are changed, you get a notification and then you can do something about it. And maybe you need to do something you know, more, uh, more intense. And then, then we have a deep scan, which will actually look for common signatures um, of you know, malware. Uh, that will look at every file on your site, but it's quite, I mean, that's an intense process. It's scanning every file on your, in your web route for these signatures. So that's something that um, it's not, you, know, you do it and then you kind of come back and make sure it's okay. Uh, and then finally we have a security scan 
Uh, we've integrated their free site scan. I'm sure you've heard of that, mm-hmm. which checks for the front end of your site for obvious signs of um, uh, malware or defacing, and also checks to see if your site is on a blacklist, like on a Google or McAfee blacklist, which would throw errors in the browser when, when people go to visit. So we've got a kind of a suite of security tools, and we're in the process of automating that so you can kind of have it running once a day and not have to manually throw it up there. But we've kind of tried to approach it from four different levels without necessarily becoming uh, an antivirus research company. <laughs> we're trying, again, we're trying to thread that needle a little bit. I don't think, well, I mean, it's not necessarily not our wheelhouse, but um, our, our job, we see our job as improving people's maintenance experience through bulk tools and automation. And um, if we can integrate Securi's data, for instance, that's a better fit for us because they're experts in this. We don't, we're, we don't want to compete with Securi or Jetpack on, you know, malware signature detection, <laughs> for example. Well, let's relate that to that. It does make sense. Let's, let's kind of talk about the backups piece. What do you yeah. recommend for people like in terms of frequency and how long to keep and how does it work with your company? Because sure. backup, backups are, you know, there's different types of backups. Like what, what, is your, what is your backup advice for somebody running an agency with multiple sites? Um, so first, the, the number one thing, offsite backup storage, period. Most people download a free plugin for backups and most of the free plugins don't offer cloud storage. So for first, make sure you can put it on Dropbox or put it on Google or put it on Amazon. We actually have a blog post on the cheapest uh, cloud storage, both for, the fr- um, both for the free plans and then the paid plans. And there are two kinds of paid plans, one where you pay per usage, the usage-based model, and the other one where you pay in bulk for, say, 100 gigabytes of space. So if, you're, if you want, I can send that to you and uh, you can put it in the show notes. Um, and people can just compare. If you have under 15 gigs of backup stored at any one time, then you can get away with a free Microsoft account or Google account and kind of Bob's your uncle, you're, you're in a good place. But for instance, we keep, um, we keep one backup a month forever. So I recommend everyone does that. So we have all of our clients, we had that going back to the beginning of their site. We never delete the backup taken on the first of the month, period. That's a great, I've never heard that. That seems like just a solid practice. It's, I can't say it's expensive. I mean, were we spending $7 a month at Blackblaze, uh, Backblaze to use their B2 service? It's fantastic. Um, we've also used Amazon Glacier and, and just regular Amazon S3, of course. But yeah, so that's, a, that's our kind of a overall, make sure you've got one backup a month for history and you are never going to go restore a backup from two, three, four years ago ever. But here's when it comes helpful. When you have a, some kind of attack or intrusion, and you're wondering what the source was or when it happened or how it happened, having those backups are critical, okay? If you find out tomorrow that you got hacked three years ago, and this is not uncommon because if the hackers are smart, they will do something sneaky and just let it sit there so you can't tell. Those are the most, some of the most dangerous hackers. And when you do find out that, okay, the first time this happened was uh, September, 2019, now I can go back to my September 1st backup, compare it to my October 1st backup that year and find out what happened. And that's going to probably help me solve this problem, find out what happened and give me some confidence that I've patched a hole once I've solved it. So that's why I like those long-term backups, never throwing them out. Regular backups then depend on how busy your site is. If you've got a brochure site, frankly, once a month is fine. 
maybe just what I said is going to be enough for you. Like if you're um, not changing your content very much or. Sure. That's what I may have. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I have by brochure site. If you've got an e-commerce site, you probably want uh, daily file backups. And then uh, you probably want a second backup profile doing your uh, database because you're going to have lots of transactions that you need to you know, keep track of in case something goes wrong. And so then you could be hourly if you want, or maybe every four hours, every six hours, you're doing a database only backup, which is a lot faster, a lot less intense on your system. So um, generally, I think for most of our clients, they either have weekly backups uh, and then they store either one, one a quarter or one a month kind of in perpetuity. Those are, are what we have. Uh, one neat thing about our system, I think, uh, is that we don't we don't store your backups. So we don't want your backups. We don't, especially in these days of privacy, you know, if you have lots of services like ours, you know, they'll do the backups for you and then things like that. Um, we built our service around letting people use their own backup tool. So for instance, we support all in one WP backup. We support X cloner, which we uh, acquired two years ago. Uh, and a few other ones we're just doing updraft plus right now so that'll be coming out in a few weeks and so we're letting people kind of bring their own backup solution uh, because that's what our users have historically uh, asked for we do get not uncommonly a request for hey can you just do the backups and we've always resisted that and i won't say we'll continue to do that forever but if we're going to offer a backup solution, then we've got to charge for the solution. We've got to charge for the storage. We've got to charge for the, you know, taking it out, of, maybe taking it out of a glacier, giving it back to you so you can restore it. I think that just adds costs that for, uh, you know, what I would say is a DIY system, do it yourself. It kind of makes the cost then premium. And I don't necessarily mind premium costs, but we're trying to give an affordable solution that people can scale. So, so are you recommending for the agency, like your client, that, they, um, you know, offering a full stack IT service scenario, including hosting the agency would hold, it would be like, for example, the agent agency's Dropbox account that the backup is on. And that's a service, a value add to the hosting part of their offer. Absolutely. And, and what I, I should have mentioned this earlier, it's a really great differentiator to say to a customer. So you, so you offer hosting, say, as part of your monthly and okay, so you so, so you've got um, two gigs of, of data storage of memory on your you know that hosting account for that customer. Um, if they actually fill that up, let's say it's well, let's say for sake of math, let's say one gigabyte. Let's say they have a one gigabyte slice, and they're ninety nine percent full because of photos or whatever they've got on there. Obviously, yeah. they need to upgrade or they're going to have performance issues. But just think of the backups. Let's right. say it's a busy site. I'm doing daily backups. It's a gig backup every day seven days a week, 30, 30, 31 days a month, uh, those storage spaces add up. So now you can actually, uh, if you're trying to get people in at one price point and then move them up, which you move them up the sales ladder, like Chris Lemon's been talking about this a lot recently, you may have seen, uh, that's a really good differentiator. Hey, we're going to do daily backups, but your total backup storage space is say 10 gigs. That means we can only store backups for 10 days. If you want a longer storage time on your backups, Either, hey, get rid of the garbage on your site <laughs> if they have garbage. If not, let's move you up the ladder and get you, and maybe that's a separate one. Maybe I'm not going to another care plan, but it's an add-on that gets me from 100 bucks a month to 125 bucks a month. That's a nice little add-on that is can be quite cheap because storage is so cheap, um, but it can be a way for you to push people up the sales ladder a little bit. So is that kind of, excuse me, is that kind of some stock advice is like to offer that you keep 10 days worth plus the one month, the first of the month going way back? 
that's kind of like a good kind of a backup offer. I do like that. I mean, when we did it, we, we were, weren't quite as, I would say, strategic about pushing people up the ladder. So we just said, it's got, okay, you've got a gig of storage and you, we probably said you had 30 gigs of backup and then yeah. or 25 or something. And then just the next plan was double the previous right. plan. We never sold the backup stuff as an additional separate piece. Um, but I do think that that is a good strategy. Uh, but in terms of storage, I think it's really, every time it sounds like something's maybe uh, you're giving too much for too little, I always think of what differentiators can be in the sales process. Yeah. Hey, you're, we're trying to decide between bid A and bid B. This guy's got no backup stuff in his proposal. I've worked, I've given you my full backup, you know, whatever price point I want to charge for that. Here's my full backup plan. Here's my security plan. Here's our agency security policies. You know, when you're comparing me A, B, don't just compare on price, compare the offering, of course, the details, but it's agency security is, I think, almost as important as uh, website security. And here's one example I'll give you, password security. A lot of our clients, when we were building sites, they, want, they were happy that we would manage their, we weren't managing their passwords for them. We were managing their passwords so we could effectively offer them services, right? Their cPanel, their WHM, their, their registrar, all those things. We just ended up by default managing them. They would say, oh, what's our password for GoDaddy again? Okay, well, here it is. <laughs> but having secure policies around information, around human resources, um, what do you do when a, when a freelancer comes on board? How can I, as a, say, a customer of, well, I want a website built, are you giving my, my WHM to some guy I never heard of in a country I don't know? You know, what are the security policies around that? Those sound like things that maybe agencies don't think a lot of. I think those super important. Real, super important internally for you, for your yeah. insurance company. Your insurance company cares, I'll tell you that much. And if you have an agency and you don't have insurance, please change that right away. <laughs> you need omissions and errors insurance. That's urgent in the US at least. But um, those can be sales points, really important sales points. Hey, oh, you're, you're thinking, why should you go with me? You're trying to talk me down. Well, oh, I can do this, but I have to offer you less. Am I going to cut out my security? Oh, that other guy didn't even offer security. You know, so I think folks can leverage some of those important differences when they think about kind of a holistic approach to their um, care plans, their sales process, their agency processes, security at all those levels is critical. That's awesome. Solid stuff there. <laughs> well, well, our last question, um, it's kind of a big one, but uh, in terms of updates, just to get into the weeds a little bit, I'm on your site. Um, and again, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, this is watchful.net. We've got bulk software updater, uh, commercial extension updater, premium plugin updater. Um, so what are the differences? You know, in WordPress anyways, we've got free plugins, premium plugins. We've got free and paid themes. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by commercial extension. Like, what is that? So what are we updating? And uh, what are some, <laughs> what are we updating? And what's your advice around you know, updates. I know some people are like, should I update every day? Like if you're just a regular user, they're like, what should I do? But even for an yeah. agency, like what's a good practice of frequency and so on? I think you found a, an older page on our site because we, we've migrated that language to talk about premium software to okay. get rid of any confusion there. We support multiple platforms. So we've kind of just kind of made it a little more generic saying software, but okay. uh, WordPress specific wise, of course, we're talking core plugins, themes, 
Uh, and as you mentioned, themes and uh, plugins can have a premium offering also. So um, we have a centralized license manager, which we've been expanding. You and I spoke with about it a few weeks ago, I remember. Um, and so for the supported extensions, and this is always growing, things like uh, Publish Press or uh, GiveWP. If you have a premium license code, you can put that into our system. What does that do for you? One, you don't have to put it on a client site. That client goes away, they're not taking your license code. Okay. So that's one. Two, you have a hundred sites. Your license code changes because uh, maybe your credit card lapsed. Now you get a new, new license uh, key. You don't have to update on a hundred sites. You've got that centrally managed in your watchful backend. And when uh, a site that has authority has been registered to update, it just uses the central key that you've put in there to make sure the updates uh, authorized. So that's what a centralized, um, uh, license key manager is at Watchful. And those are the benefits. Security for your key, you don't have to give it to your clients and it allows you to make changes uh, easily. Um, so that's that's the what that feature is specifically for updating the premium ones alongside the free ones. The free ones, you don't need any authorization, of course. In Watchful, the free and the premium are side by side. It's not, because you've got your key centralized, as I said. Yeah. So if you, see, if you say go into a site and you're looking at the updates for one specific site, might be 20 updates, you can click one or two or update all. And if it needs a key, it'll request it from your, your key manager. If it doesn't, it just updates it and moves on to the next one. So that's how our update process works. So it's a little bit different for, obviously um, you can put your key on the remote site, but I, again, that's risky if you have a big agency in my opinion. So that's how the thing works. In terms of how often should you update, most of our customers update on a regular schedule. They don't jump to update um, when up, unless it's security. Right. Zero, zero day vulnerability. Obviously you update right away. And I'm just going to publish or push one thing you didn't mention. We have what's called a remote update tool, meaning you can, you know, upload a, a zip file for a plugin and select all your sites and push it out in one click. So I'm a zip file, just right from the zip file. That's pretty cool. So for instance, you can write a script for this yourself, but let's say, okay, well, I won't use any specific plugin. Plugin X gets a vulnerability. Uh, maybe I know how to fix it, or maybe the developer sent me the patch, so you which isn't patch. on the repo yeah. yet. Right. Yeah. You can put that in our installer and it'll send it out to whatever site you want. And nice. even more, even greater, you can do a little search for plugin A, it'll list all the sites that have that installed, and you select them, do this remote install, and you're good to go until the next update comes out and you properly update in the normal way. So obviously zero day vulnerabilities, you want to get those updated as soon as possible. But other way, otherwise, almost every update um, should, should be done on your agency schedule, uh, in a way of course, that doesn't affect the impact the customer, um, or the site owner, but we do a lot of talking on our blog about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the tools and features we've built recently, especially the automations are designed to let people have a normal life. I mean, I remember just being always working, never being able to take vacation, always checking email was terrible. And when we started moving to these, okay, I'm not going to update if I don't have a backup because I don't want a surprise if something goes wrong or the site goes down. I can roll back in five minutes and then I can, then maybe I need to stage that site to do some testing before I update. And, you know, it needs a more, a more manual touch. Um, but then I don't ever want to push an update on a Friday afternoon, right? Why would I do that? I got the weekend coming or four o'clock in the afternoon. So you can schedule updates at Watchful to only be eight to 3 p.m. Monday to Thursday. And then if you go on vacation, you can go in kind of like 
in Gmail, if you've used that, or if our listeners have, have used that, you can set your vacation window. You can say, I'm gone December 20th to January 3rd. No updates will, will go forward. You know, you can always go in and update manually, but no automatic updates will occur. So um, with that in mind, we, we usually our people will sell maintenance plans. This is a nice segue back to what we talked about. When you're thinking about maintenance plans, another cool feature is to add update frequency. So for your basic plan, maybe you get monthly updates. For your platinum, gold, bells and whistles plan, you can offer weekly. And every Thursday is update day or every Monday or whatever day that, that makes sense for your agency. And so um, you can also in, be creative about how you're going to move people up the sales ladder, depending on how comfortable they are. I mean, I don't never really known, like, is a CSS fix really critical that I need to push it out the moment it comes out? Probably not. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> do you agree? What do you think? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with you. And it's, uh, you know, there's a work-life balance element. And uh, I love this idea of working through systems as opposed to just being reactive to like, all right, this plugin has an update or whatever. I mean, if it's a security thing that's like critical, you should go. But it's really about building a cadence that works for you and your clients that everybody's happy. And uh, I mean, that's what really matters is having that system and that, that routine. That's the offer and automating as much as you can, which your tool watchful does. So. Automating with safety, with that integrity built in, that integrity check and checks and balances for backups or downtime, things that you know, will we'll put, put the brakes on if there's a, an obvious problem. Do you want to know a little inside information from what our most requested feature is? Sure. An automatic update delay. Okay. Like people want automatic updates, say want to automatically update WordPress core. Like instantly, right? Like, no, but you're saying the delay. Instantly. No, I get they it. They want the delay. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to push an update until at least three days have passed. Yeah. Because if anything's gone wrong, they want uh, like the next version to be already patched and pushed out before they go. So that's, that's awesome. something we've been actually interested in. We've been working on it. Um, and again, that's it's kind of we... just a peace of mind issue. That's how we think about it. I mean, we sell our software with WooCommerce and I definitely want time to go by before WooCommerce updates and so on. Just to, for those of you listening, sometimes when there's an update, there's something called a hot fix where the, the software developer will roll out something really quick if they, they accidentally let a bug out, especially a bad one or something. So that update delay feature request, I totally get it. And it's not, it's not bad, like all, nothing's perfect. Like this is only natural. Uh, that this occasion arises. But um, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that inside uh, inside uh, scoop Info. of what people want. Yeah. We've, enge we've engineered it out so that if we said, well, what happens when, um, uh, <laughs> this is a bad expression or, or maybe a not quite kosher expression, but uh, some plugins do what, what we call like a double tap. They, they, make, them, they make a release, and then they immediately realize the error. They put the next one, and that one also has like something they didn't see in the first one, and they have to do a double, like a double release. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not great for anybody, especially if it's an important plugin and it takes things down. So we actually did the engineering back end to make sure this is feasible. That if you said I want to say a four day delay or a two hour delay, whatever it is, that if another version comes, it resets the delay. Oh, nice. So that you're not, <laughs> you don't get trapped if there's, you know, something happening with these, um, you know, multiple releases. So we put a lot of thought into it and it's not, 
you know, it's, it's well within our wheelhouse to get that done. So I'd say that's going to be the next, uh, the next build out for our um, updater. And the final thing I would say on updating is, you know, on the repo, the WordPress repo, where it tells you if your plugin is compatible with your version of WordPress, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, or not been tested on the last three versions. It tells you that yeah. we can actually, um, we have update stats on update success rates. So not is it just compatible, but was it successful the first time we tried to update it? Sometimes they fail. And so we can actually rate each individual update and each individual plugin for how successful they are when we try to update them. And we can then say, oh, only update uh, on a delay. And then only if the success rate for this plugin or this release has exceeded X, Y, Z. So we're able to, we haven't done any work on this feature. We are able to, however, because we have the update statistics, kind of offer more integrity around that update process, uh, better decision-making when the updates come out. So that's uh, something we're also interested to do. Not, not to compete with the repo, but there are lots of things like premium updates, premium plugins that are not on the repo. Yeah. Nobody has any information on how well they update or how successful they are or whether or not they're compatible with your version of WordPress. Well, I definitely learned some today. I know you out there <laughs> listening or watching have learned some today. This is Vic Drover. He's from watchful.net. Go check out the website and the service, especially if you're an agency and you're looking to create more revenue in your business and value for your clients. Any final words for the people, Vic, and where can they find you to connect with you further? Hey, yeah, jump, jump at me or speak at me at uh, Twitter at Vic Drover, um, the contact form on watchful.net, of course. The free account is free. It's not a free trial. Sign up, have a look around and uh, see if it makes sense for you. Um, love to answer any questions or uh, we're going to talk more about website maintenance. Oh, I will plug one more thing. We've got a, a website maintenance Facebook group specifically for keeping websites up to date. It's uh, just search website watchers on uh, Facebook. W-A-T-C-H-E-R-S, website watchers. All right. Thanks, Vic. Awesome. Appreciate it, Chris. Take care. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.